Welcome to the Joint Dynamics Intelligent Movement Series podcast, an ongoing discussion with experts in the fields of health, fitness, and performance, sharing the science and their tips and tricks that have the goal of taking your health from where you are to where you want it to be. Welcome back to the Joint Dynamics Intelligent Movement Podcast. My name is Andrew Cox. I'm one of the owners and directors here at Joint Dynamics in Hong Kong, and I'm your host of today's conversation with a very special guest, Olivia Elsa. So Olivia is a chef, so he's the culinary director of a restaurant here in Hong Kong at the St. Regis Hotel in Wan Chai uh, called La Envol. And a word in, in advance, I'm Australian with an Australian accent. Olivier is French with a strong French accent, so this is going to be a really fun conversation. <laughs> More about Olivier, uh, he also founded his own restaurant called Clarence, and that opened here in Hong Kong in February 2022. He's in the world of culinary chefs. He has achieved many times a Michelin star status. He's working with the restaurant in St. Regis Hotel, La Envol, to take that from a two-star Michelin to three-star. Also, of points of interest... Uh, for Olivier, he's, he's a practicing martial artist, he's done a lot of sport, he, he's quite a big lad, <laughs> he's quite a strong lad, so it'll be very interesting for, for us to have a conversation, obviously around, I'm fascinated how you get a Michelin star, I'm fascinated as someone who seems to have made it to a very high level in your industry as a culinary chef, where you started and what was inspiring for you, where you sourced your foods, the relationships you have, and also the relationship between your work and the discipline through sport and also the mindset, I guess, of someone that's achieved achieved a lot in your industry. So welcome, Olivier. Thank you, Andrew. Very happy uh, to have the Joint Dynamic uh, podcast today. You know, I follow uh, Joe Rogan a lot. I never did a podcast in my life, so I'm very proud to be here. Oh, your first podcast? It's my first podcast. High yeah. five, mate. Yes, Thank exactly. you for trusting so me. So I did, uh, I did a lot of uh, interviews, uh, you know, uh, photo shooting, TV shooting, but I never did a podcast. Uh, I thought actually one day I want to just start like Joe Rogan and you see what, what he achieved. Uh, but no, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm living in Hong Kong for 13 years now. I'm a chef, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, so I, I, uh, I was lucky and, and I'm working hard enough to get uh, my mission stars because this is uh, actually who I am. Uh, you know, I, I'm coming from a strong background uh, from uh, with my family who come from hospitality. Uh, my mom used to have a restaurant. My grandfather in Switzerland used to have free restaurant as well. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty much like in my blood for, for a long time. Uh, connected to that, uh, in France, we are very, you know, close to food. Uh, we love to eat. Uh, that's, uh, that was, I was a bit a uh, choppy teenager. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, yes, I start to realize that sport was very important. And, uh, and I think, you know, of course, then I, I was lucky enough to be introduced uh, in the Mission Stars restaurant. And actually, I started at 15 years old. Uh, at 15? Yes, yeah. So in France at that time, you know, uh, it's back 27 years back. Uh, so basically, you had the chance to have like, uh, you, you quit, to quit school, but to, to do half-half, which is like, you do two weeks of school, and then you go two weeks working in the restaurant to learning your craft. And, uh, and for me, it was, uh, I mean, it was very obvious that, uh, that I want to do kitchen. Uh, it starts all in the restaurant of my mom. Because you know when your parents have a restaurant, mm-hmm. you have to on the weekend you have to work there. Yes. So I used to clean the the glasses, uh, you know, behind the bar, and uh, I was too straightforward, you know. So I was I, I'm not a good uh, actor, 
And when I want to say something to someone, <laughs> if I don't like it, I will say it. <laughs> so my mom always say, please, don't say anything. Don't talk too much. Of course, it was nice <laughs> to see. behind her, clean the glasses. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, uh, of course, uh, uh, I love to see beautiful girls in the restaurant. That, that, that side, I really like it. But, I mean, the cleaning glasses was less fun. And one night, what happened is, uh, so it was a Saturday night, uh, full packed. Uh, I came many times to, uh, you know, to help my mom just on the weekend at night. And, uh, you know, the sous chef called sick. And uh, what happened is, uh, you know, the, I saw my mom arguing with the chef. Uh, How are we going to make it? We have full house tonight. This guy doesn't come. And I step in, uh, just naturally, I was 14, and I say, listen, uh, I know I'm not, uh, like, uh, I'm not a uh, fine chef, but I'm eager to help you, and uh, I have two arms, so you explain me, and let's go for it. And, uh, and I think as soon as I start to touch, you know, the, the service, uh, I, I had to clean the whole, uh, the whole kitchen after, because we, are, we only were, we was only two in the kitchen. Yes. And uh, of course the chef left, and uh, I had to clean the whole the kitchen, but I was so happy that I knew it was uh, what I want to do, and, uh, and since then I never, I never stopped. I'm 42 years of age now, so uh, that was back when I was 14, 15. And then I start to study, of course, in the mission stars. So I think uh, in every single career, that if it's mixed martial arts or, or kitchen or whatever in your career, I had the chance to meet uh, people who put me in the right path. And I think that's very important. I think, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I study a lot, like, I, I study a lot, you know, like, uh, kitchen but i think you know the reality is that you you can study a lot kitchen but where you learn the most is on the field you know and i think for me you know i i understand very fast that even a young age i have to go work to a mission stars restaurant so i, I was just like a sponge like you can be in jiu-jitsu in mma where you need to learn all, all those different techniques you know you can see in the mma world you know before you know, when you had a good striker he was almost sure to win now it's much more complex, you know, you have to be a, uh, you know, you have to be a jiu-jitsu artist, you need to know how to wrestle, uh, you know, the grounding pound, there's so much more complex, and you see now the evolving version of the UFC, for example, yes. it's a more and more interesting, uh, and I'm always fascinated, because if you really think about it, is a uh, UFC did a sport which is like quite new, it's only 16, 20 years old, and, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's something really excites me, because uh, everything is always put on the line, but going back to my to my career, is kitchen is a bit the same. I think you know it's it's a lot of hard work. Uh, you don't become a good chef uh, straight like that. Uh, it's a lot of uh, hard working hours. But you know when you're passionate about it and uh, and when you keep learning, learning, learning. Actually, for me it was like it was yesterday, and, yeah. uh, and I'm still uh, I still love it. So you mentioned uh, you come across people that help put you on the right path. Can you maybe break down two of those? Can you can you yes. share with me the first one? So maybe it was yes. your mother. Or, yes. But apart from yeah. your mother, was there someone along the line when you yeah. were 15 that said, yeah. that pointed you in the right direction? Yeah. No, so my mom uh, get married three times and uh, the third ma- marriage. Uh, so the, the husband was uh, was basically a fine gourmet. He loves Mission Stars restaurant. And he did actually all the three Mission Stars and two Mission Stars in France as a gourmet, as a customer. Wow, and that's uh, significant in France to get right. three, three yeah, Mission yeah. Stars. So he loves eating those restaurants. And you can feel that he tried all of them as a customer. And uh, he's always the one who told me, listen, you can be a chef, I don't mind, but try to be one of the best. And I think this is something which, for me, uh, you know, ring the bells and right away surprised me. He, he had two sons on, on, on the first marriage where there was more like the study type 
because you know back in the day 27 years ago there was always two categories of people okay are you smart and you can study so you go uh, on a uh, university or you have the one who okay you use your hands what are you gonna do with that and uh, you go to uh, to a to a to a chef work or a service work or or you know uh, and uh, and of course for him he, um, I, I can see that he respect a lot the fact that i want to be a chef but i think uh, my first really important uh, i would say recommendation from him was that he explained me right away that there's levels in the games. And for example, he told me, you can be a chef cooking pizza in a nice restaurant, but you can be also a three mission star chef cooking in the, in the most beautiful palace in New York as in Paris. And I think this is what you have to understand. So right away, this opens your eyes and helps you to be, I will say, to a good path. Uh, and of course, I decided to go only work in the, in the two and three mission stars. Uh, so this was, I would say, the first one, which is the the key point. And so, and yeah. in that, he opened your eyes. So he inspired you. He didn't really yes. teach you the craft, Correct. but he opened he your eyes to say, action. "Here's what's achievable yes. for you." Exactly. Oh, you know, my daughter is 14 years old. She's yeah. living in Australia, in Melbourne. And uh, for example, uh, what I try to do is, uh, you know, I don't want to force her to uh, to become a chef. Last last things I want her to to do. But at the end of the day, she wants to do it. She wants my recommendation. I think I will try to uh, to help her to understand this. And I think it's applicable to every uh, every craft. And I think for me, this it was the first point which was very important in my career, is to understand at 14 years old that you have levels in what you can do, and that you should go, you know, just like at workouts, go heavy or go home. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I go heavy. <laughs> and uh, so my idea was to take the most craziest chef because you know in France back in the days, you know, they were screaming on the staff. They was punching on the staff because yeah. Like, well, well, I if mean, I look yeah. in on your yeah. industry, yes. what, what I think of it, you know, and also popular culture and reality television, the the head chefs are such dominant personalities, such larger than life personalities. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you go back twenty seven years ago, you have to understand this. When you have a two or three mission stars, you know, when you go to the office with the chef, he open a drawer, he has like a pile of paper like this. What is those paper? Is CV of people who wants to work all over the world for them. Mm. So this is back in the day when there was tons of staff who was willing, willing yeah, to learn in those restaurants because those people value and understand that, hey, if I come work in this two mission stars restaurant, I will at least get some skills and learn some technique from them. And this, it's, it's, you know, I remember some Japanese trainee back in, the, in France, you know, they was ready to pay, actually. They don't want to get paid. They, they will go to work wow. and they will say, hey, I give you uh, like 10,000. Uh, please let me work for you because basically they want to learn the, the craft and then they want to go back to the country. And of course, uh, just redo what they learn. And I think you say that now because, you know, in every single country now, finding staff is very, very difficult. Mm. But, you know, this is how it was before. So, of course, the pressure was huge. Uh, you know, chefs was, you know, when you see Gordon Ramsay, which is a little bit, I mean, for the show and, you know, you, sh- you see him screaming. Uh, I would say that was really what's, what happened, you know, like the chef was uh, the ultra dominant person. And for me, actually, uh, like I say, go home, go big or go home. Mm. Of course. So when I knew that a chef had the worst mentality, screaming, punching, whatever, I say, okay, this is where I want to go to work. <laughs> okay. Yes. So the larger the, yes. the ego, the larger the personality, yes. you, you yeah. equated that with yes. success and someone you could learn from. Yes, 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 God. Cool. Because for me, I mean, I was like, you know, okay, I want, I want to learn the tough one. And that, I guess, is for my father-in-law, which would teach me this and say, okay, go for the hard one, go for the one which uh, you're going out of your comfort zone, you know. And, and I think, you know, so I, I have to say that combining the, the, the passion of, of, of kitchen and food, uh, plus, you know, the, 
yeah, you know, in the kitchen is is pretty like army. You know, it's very it's a big hierarchy. You know, and uh, and for me, I like this hierarchy where you're starting on the floor. You know, very on the low bottom, and then you need to improve and you need to get better. And my target was uh, because I'm very competitive. You know, even with my wife, we are, we're always challenging each other. <laughs> so of course, for example, when you start at, at scratch, what you have to do, you just have to get better to uh, to get a better salary or to get a better position that the, the guy who is next to you. Right? It's just like in running. It's just like in sport. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, I did that for like you know, I was signing contract in two mission stars or three mission stars in France. I was not even watching the salary. I had no care about the salary. I said, guys, I want to work for you. And I will say, you told me you should, I should give you two, uh, you know, like path. So I will go there now. So the second one was, so was a chef who was very popular and uh, for who I worked two years. And, uh, and he saw, I believe, something in me. And, uh, and luckily, because of him, I never had to send any CV to any restaurant in my whole career. Because uh, I worked for him and uh, he saw my motivation and uh, I was very driven. I, I'm still driven. And, uh, you know, he... He every single time told me, you work very hard for me for two years. Where Whatever you want to go in France or in the world, you tell me, I will call and they will take you. Wow. And uh, so I will say this is the second person in my career, which was very important for me to, uh, to uh, you know, to meet. Is it okay to share that gentleman's name? Yeah, so he's called Jean-Yves Laurent-Guerre. So he's a mayor of France. So, you know, he has those uh, blue colors of the color. Yeah. Because he did the highest competition in France in 1996 where he win the, the championship of France. Go and, on. Uh, and he's an amazing uh, chef, which which works actually in Hotel Martinez uh, in Cannes, uh, so south in France. And uh, and basically, yeah, he's a, he's an he's amazing man. And, uh, what he, were two lessons yeah. that you learned from him? So uh, apart of yeah. observing, but, yes. but what were two things that you learned from him that have stuck with you? I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I as a... I mean, now I get, for example, three mission, 23 mission stars. Wow, congratulations. But, but, Seriously, yeah. say that again. Yeah. You, have, you yeah. have earned 23 Michelin stars. Right, yes, yes, yeah. So, for example, um, so if we, cumul, if we cumul all them together, it's 23. Yes. Of course, uh, there's no sky, so we are, I'm still young in this, uh, in this craft. Uh, and I, I believe I will have more, but I will say that I'm the same person that he used to know me like back in the days, you know. And I think this is something which is important. First, stay yourself, you know. And if you have one star, two star, three star, just try to, uh, to, uh, to stay simple, mm -hmm. stay, stay humble, uh, still, you know, be still hungry. Yeah. And you know, my mentor, Joel Robuchon, because I have two mentors, of course, one is, um, one mentor is him, which is my first mentor. Yeah. And my second mentor is Joel Robuchon. Which is the the king of uh, of uh, I mean in France, Joël Robuchon is the uh, is the the top of the top. Uh, yeah. Is uh, you know he has uh, he had twenty seven stars together in the same year because he had twenty four wow. everywhere. Uh, he passed away three years ago, uh, and I was working for him in uh, in uh, in Central. So we get three mission stars together in Central, nice. and uh, and I think yeah. So, but you know uh, why I'm talking about him is because. He had at 73 years old still the passion, you know, to go, you know, when we had a full service, ah, Olivier, send uh, some caviar over there. And you can see he was still passionate. And I think for sport is the same, you know, I mean, you, you, uh, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you want to put the passion in the heart, I think uh, it's amazing. And I think those two mentors for me was very important. And, uh, and I think for me, uh, uh, to going back to the, to the beginning, uh, yeah, I think when you're young, you need to meet there are some people who are key person yeah. and they help you to, to shift to the right direction because you know you don't have experience you don't know you can be driven but you need to, to make sure that you use your energy uh, nice you know seems as though 
Yeah. You will come across the right person or the mentor if you're prepared to work for it, aren't you? Right. Yes. Imagine if you put your hand up and say, hey, can I have a mentor? Yes. But if you yes. don't work hard, it would be yes. harder to achieve in yes. a mentor yeah. like those two, three yes. that you just mentioned. Yeah, I think, you know, now I mean, I'm getting a bit older and I can see, for example, I, you know, when I see someone in my kitchen which is talented, I, 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 I can understand now why maybe they saw something in me which I can see now when I'm a little bit younger and a little bit wiser. Uh, but uh, because, you know, I think it's a it's a sharing process kitchen. So, you know, uh, I take a lot from those chefs. I take from them. Uh, I give them back by, uh, by you know, working very hard. Because, you know, I, I can tell you 27 years ago, I was working without BS, you know, like 17, 18, 20 hours a day. Wow. No, no day off for, for months and months. And it was, it was, in France, it was like that, you know. And, that's uh, honing your craft. Yes, yes. And so that's why, you know, you, you have to learn it on the field, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, uh, my, my, my key was also, and actually my first mentor teach me, you know, you do a year and a half, two years in each of those restaurants. You know, you, you choose different regions in France to make sure that the product they use is totally different. Because, you know, in, if you go in France, if you go to Alsace, which is southeast of France where I come from, and you go to a southeast of um, France, I mean, it, everything is totally different. You know, uh, if you cook well in Alsace and you serve this in, in, in south or east of France, they, they throw you in the face and say, what is this? <laughs> For example, in the east of France, uh, they love the vegetables cooked very well done, you know, because they don't want anything crunchy. But in south of France, they eat a vegetable like here, very crunchy. Yeah. So if you if you give those overcooked vegetables, they will tell you, you killed it. You know, what did, what did you do? Right? And, and for a chef, on, in terms of perspective, it's very nice because... What, I mean, what's, what's interesting for me is to learn both and then, of course, to do my own interpretation yes. and, and have two weapons or have at least two ways to see and then I will do my own. And, and I think the whole idea was to move in France in different regions. So I work in Alsace, my hometown. I work in Lyon, which is a center east of France. I work in uh, Cannes, which is uh, southeast of France. I work in Paris. I work in Burgundy. And every, t- every single time, you have a different terroir. You have a different... You know, you have a different list of products, you have a different list of sourcing, the soil is different, the grapes are different, everything is different. And for me, I think to complete a good formation or at least a good, uh, good understanding of what you want to do later, it's nice to see those different type of region because it gives you the, the tools later to, just like a mixed martial art, you know. If you're only good at striking like Conor McGregor, for example, it's nice. But yeah. you know, uh, when you have someone bringing you down like Khabib, yeah, what yeah. you want to do, right? you know, it's not, you're, yeah. you're in big trouble, right? And I think for me, a chef should have different tools too. You know, sometimes back in the day, the question was always, ah, okay, you are a chef, so what do you like to cook? Meat, fish? I mean, I'm comfortable with everything. I love to cook vegetables, I love to cook seafood, I love to cook meat too. And I think when you're a complete chef, you should be, uh, you should be strong in every single area. There's, there's so fun. much passion involved in food, isn't there? My wife's yes. Italian, yes. Sicilian, Sardinian heritage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She always says, in her culture, that they weren't openly vocal with their love, but... Yes. In, in the Italian culture, especially yes. where she, the, the Sicilian, but food is love. So express yeah. your food yeah. via acts of service, pouring your yes. love into the food and then serving it to yes. the people yeah. that, that you surround yourself, whether it be family and friends. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I love the link. And, you know, I live in Hong Kong for 13 years. It's uh, 12,000 kilometers from my hometown. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what, I, what I'm impressed and I love is that, you know, enjoying a good meal, it's more than just food. It's more about... You know, especially now, look at the crazy time we are living now in COVID. I mean, having a nice dinner with a big table of a lot of friends, enjoying good food. Yeah. I mean, how priceless is this, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, I always have tends to see the, the best in the worst. 
yeah, I mean, it was not fun the last two years, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think why not uh, just take it as, hey, why don't we take for granted? You know, yeah. don't, don't forget that going out, taking the plane, just going out anywhere, anytime, it's not that easy anymore. Right? And I think for me, yes, it's a, it's a shit time and it's not easy. But I think for somehow, I want to take it as, uh, you know, I live this in my life. Like, for example, my parents and my grandparents had war in France, you know. We didn't saw the, we didn't see the war, you know, which, yeah. which was horrible. Okay, we can, I can say now I saw COVID, right? And it will be over hopefully soon and mm-hmm. we can move on. But I think, uh, even it's sad and it's, it's tough, but I think we should try to, to remind ourselves that, you know, uh, nothing is taken for granted. And I think, uh, you know, traveling and having a good meals with friends, enjoying good food, it's something priceless that we should enjoy. And this is where the passion comes from. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to have that awareness, isn't yes. it? Don't be wrong, yeah, yes. especially with that, with that perspective of, you know, your, your yeah. grandparents, that, yes. they went through war. And let's yes. not discount COVID was, like you yeah. said, it's shit yes. for a lot of people. People yeah. lost their business and yeah. they 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 some lost their lives, so it's been uh, terrible. But yes. it, in in some way, that yeah, yeah. allows us to remeasure what yes. we find important. Yeah. And commuting is always around food, isn't it? Yes. That connection we get with not just eating the food and saying thank you, chef, but also when yes. we connect with family. You know, I, I, for example, when I was in Hong Kong and. Uh, not too long ago, sometimes, you know, in Hong Kong, everyone eats outside all the time because, you know, your flat is small, so you <laughs> yeah. have tents to, do, to, do, to, to go out, doesn't matter which restaurant. And, you know, in my restaurant, when I was in Robuchon, when I was, uh, you know, at L'Envol, uh, sometimes I had tends to say, I, I can see on the face because I like to read people, you know, it's my job too, to reading, okay, yeah. what type of expectation they have, are they coming for business, are they coming for like a, a really enjoyable time. You know, it's a melting pot of a lot of people, but you have to read them to understand exactly what they want. And from there, you will try to reach exactly the expectation they have. And for me, I I saw many times, like, for example, a lot of my customers, you can see, they're starting a meal, which it's not cheap, right? And they're not hungry. You know, they don't want to be there. I mean, they do, they they, they are there because they have to be there. But you can see that, okay. And I think with COVID now, I can see that, you know, I'm happy to see on the face of my customer. Uh, it was a minority, yes, but there was some customer where you can see they, they just go out to go out. But now you can see with what happened. Actually, I can see that really people are taking their time, enjoying when they eat, they eat. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes, you know, again, it's it's a shit time. But at the end of the day, uh, maybe it's also a reset for a lot of uh, of uh, feelings and, you know, and humbling. And uh, yeah. yes, and we go from there. Hey, hey back to, yeah. let's say, your two mentors, Joel yes. Rabuchon yes. and the other gentleman. Joel Blanc, yeah. Sorry, I'm the yeah. Australian. Oh, I'm not yes, even a trial. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. It's a tough one. But anyway, do yes. you feel, because you got to work with yeah. two such incredible chefs, do you feel that there's a legacy that you pass on to? So now you, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, yeah. you, you are playing the role of mentor yes. to people in, who you surround yourself with, yeah. the, the, the upcoming chefs. Yeah. Do you feel there's a legacy of the way of Joel Rebuchon or or do you feel there's a legacy of passing on a little bit of him but also yeah. your inspiration from all these people you've worked with in, in yeah. your way? Is there like this feeling of passing on a legacy? Yeah, I mean, for example, I you know... A chef, for example, in terms of, uh, you know, of accomplishments uh, in his career, it's coming quite on the late. You know, look at Joel Robuchon, uh, my mentor. You know, he started to be- become like a movie star at uh, only 160, 65. Wow. So, you know, uh, when he sold his restaurant when he was 55, he retired because his best friend passed away from a heart attack. Mm. So he had three mission stars in Paris. Ajama, which is a, a well restaurant that everyone knows in Paris. All the politics was going there. He was like pretty much the king of Paris there. 
and he saw his best friend pass away à la chapelle and he, and he kind of scared and said wow it's uh, it's uh, you know it's a very consuming work I'm afraid about that so he retired for five years go to Spain he, he, he go to uh, to Japan because he traveled always there and then he came back as a businessman you know where he started to create l'atelier which become one of the biggest success uh, story in, in food and, and beverage especially at this uh, level and he had like I think now we have about 25 ateliers in the world <coughs> sorry that's your right mate we're out of water as well <laughs> yes exactly sorry so anyway and uh, yeah and for example he so he opened l'atelier Bichon and uh, it was a huge success but he came back with a different mindset and I think for me Uh, I will say that I want to have my own path and my own way, my own legacy. Mm. But of course, it's very inspiring. And sometimes when you're young or younger, you need, you know, to see your mentors, what, what they do, what direction they take. And I think that's very important in the career. Mm. And then I'll go get you some in a minute. Yeah. So, so would you, would you yeah. mind just on the, the Michelin stars yeah. things? So would Sorry. you mind giving me a, a, a brief history where did the Michelin star come from yeah yeah and yes. then what are some of the steps involved yeah, yeah. that you need to take to achieve yeah. a Michelin star would you mind breaking that down for me yeah sure sure yeah yeah so yeah. so basically to get a, a Michelin stars it's a it's a hundred years you know a, a book uh, that's actually it starts very funnily because Michelin is doing tire And um, basically, for, because it's pretty much a big French brand from the uh, center of France, what happened is they, are, they decide to offer a book for their own customer who buying their ties. Uh, and, uh, and they want to give, you, they want to give a book to, uh, to, uh, to give like a service and to tell, okay, if you use our ties in France and you buy our ties, you, you can travel all over France and we give you the recommendation in which town to stop to make sure that you're enjoying the, the food. And since France is so, uh, is so uh, I would say, uh, uh, crazy about food, it becomes like a huge challenge. And then, of course, the Michelin stars start to give Michelin stars. Uh, this was over 100 years ago, because they celebrate 100 years ago in uh, 903, I think. And, uh, and basically, yeah, it was, um, it, it, be it become very viral in France, because, you know, French, we are very connected to, uh, to, uh, to food. We have a lot of resources. And, uh, and of course, the competition starts. And then, you know, uh, in the 70s, get, because in France, getting one Michelin stars, you, you know that for a regular restaurant, it will increase your, your, your income of 30%. Mm. It's great marketing, yeah, isn't it? It's a great marketing. And it's a meritocracy, though. You need to yes. earn it. It's not yes. as if you, yeah. And also, it's something that, you know, back in the days, there was no internet. You know, there was no marketing. Mm. Like, you know, marketing, they didn't even know what it is. Yeah. But, you know, that, that, that was the marketing in France, how to showcase good food uh, with those Michelin stars. And, and this is how it starts, you know. So when Michelin starts to launch uh, further ties, because they are, they are a Thai company, uh, and say, okay, this is, uh, we're going to create a book. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because, uh, you know, it starts, because, you know, they, even they're not really spe uh, specifically ready for that, actually. Because, you know, they do ties for, for cars, you know. <laughs> and they're, they're having this book to give a service for the customer to say, hey, if you travel in France, this is the map of France and this is where you should stop, one star, two star, three star. And, of course, French being competitive like, as we are, especially for food, everyone starts to challenge each other to get the best restaurant, to get one star, two star, three star. And, of course, uh, in the 80s, uh, 90s, when I start to work, Uh, of course, I can see that there was a lot of ego, a lot of, you know, uh, 
honestly, a chef was almost more popular than some politics, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Joël Robuchon, for me, was uh, as popular as a fashion brand, you know. And, yeah. and this, uh, back in the days, was, uh, yeah, was, uh, was crazy. But I think, uh, you know, of course, after they decide to go international, so it's not that long because uh, I think it's only about 15, uh, let's say 15, 20 years that they decide to, to go overseas. Because there was pretty, pretty well uh, input in, in all Europe. Because they had uh, Switzerland, they had uh, Germany, uh, Italy, uh, Spain, and they globally start to get bigger and bigger until they decide to go worldwide. So now, for example, we have, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, like 20 years ago, I don't think you had a, a mission guide in, in America. We didn't have, a, for example, when I arrived in Hong Kong in 2009, Michelin was only here for the first year. They, they started in 2009, actually. In Hong Kong? In Hong Kong, yes. yes wow, yeah. China the same? Or yeah, China the same. Yeah, for example, Shanghai is maybe five, six years old only. You know? wow. So basically, when they feel that the city is growing and has enough potential, they will launch a guide. For example, now we just find out Dubai will get now Mission Stars Restaurant. For the first time ever? Quite, yeah. So 2022? Yeah. So, so I, I guess 2023 will okay. be the first mission guide in Dubai. Wow. So, so for example, now there's still city in the world where you don't have mission guide, where, yes, this, this, this asset or this input, you don't have it. So that's why, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's still evolving. It's still uh, changing a lot. And, uh, and, uh, and it's still like, you can see that a lot of people are still pushing for that, which is quite amazing. And what, what is the process? Do you reach out to Michelin? So, for example, Michelin Global and say, hey, yes. my name is Olivier. I've got this restaurant that opened in February called Clarence. Yep. I believe that I've ticked enough boxes for you to take note of my processes and the food yep. to consider me for a Michelin star yep. or someone finds you. Very simple. Okay, so it's very simple and, uh, and it's very complicated. Uh, <laughs> what is very simple is... Oxymoron. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, it's very simple in the way that, okay... You have a subscription to do because, you know, to be eligible to get Mission Stars, you have to notify to Michelin. Okay, Clarence, for example. We, we are actually proceeding now for Clarence because we get, uh, so my PR which Michelin to say, listen, we are, we are Clarence. We open a new restaurant by, uh, which is found by Olivier there. And of course, they send us a, a bunch of paper to field with opening time, the manager, the chef, the kitchen style. So they will ask you a bunch of questions. And actually, this is it. And why I say it's complicated, because actually it's not complicated at all, but this is where the show starts. And basically they will send you one, two, three, ten inspector in the year, where basically they will come, of course you have... Announced no, or unannounced? Yeah, unannounced, of course. Yeah. That's the whole key and the yeah, whole correct. painful process, because yes. they could be eating right now in my restaurant, they could be in my other restaurant. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nightmare, because, you know, for example, I always, I always take the example of a football player. You know, sometimes Ronaldo, when he play well, he play every three days, right? We play twice a day, you know, yeah. lunch and dinner, because we have to be on the top of our game for lunch and dinner. Because if you miss, if you miss a Michelin inspector, it's over. Bye bye, finish. Yeah. The year is finished. Uh, see you next year, and uh, you start again. You know. So, so just just on that, you said it's, it's yeah. simple yet complicated. Now yeah. I understand why. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but if you hadn't accumulated twenty three Michelin stars, would yeah. you be able to reach out? I like just say, Andrew, yeah. here yeah. I am. Yeah. I become a chef. I don't have any Michelin stars. Yeah. Is there a platform to me to reach out and say, hey, my name's Andrew, I've no. started now? Well, I think you can do exactly the same as my PR did for my restaurant clients, for example. Yeah. It's like, hey, we are, I'm Andrew, I'm open this restaurant, which is called blah, blah, blah. And then you just fill all the information and then they will come. Okay. And then basically a year after, they will all give you, they have, a, they have out of the mission stars, which is one, two or three, because three is the, must, the most, one is, uh, is the beginning. 
But actually, you have also some few other awards that they give as well. Like uh, they give a bimandom, which is the, the head of the Michelin. Uh, this, for example, is when you have a very money, a very good money for value. Yeah. So, for example, they, oh, can, really? they can give you that. Now, with the, you know, the sustainability, they give actually a green star, uh, which basically having a green star means that you have uh, in your menu, in, in the way that you achieve the, you know, your restaurant, you have a sustainability uh, channels where you, you're following all that. So a lot of people that's looking for the green star. so cool to hear. Exactly. And that's why I will say that as simple as me, you are exactly on the same, you know, on the same level where it doesn't matter how long you work for. I start from scratch, you start from scratch, you give them your info, and the game is on. So it's actually not complicated at all, because okay. I, I, I say for joking, it's complicated. What is complicated is that they're going to come five times to your store, and they're going to say, okay, bye-bye, see you next year, or they're going to say, okay, we saw something, we like something. And of course, it can be a table of four, can be a table of six, can be a table of one. Of course, when it's one, you kind of like, you know, we have some fun moving friends where you, when you see one guy alone, you're like, well, make sure this guy eats well. But uh, no, it's, it's, it would be too easy to know that's only only always one person because then you can spot them. Actually, but, can, uh, can we yeah. do a little sidestep for yes. a second? Yeah. Do you know any people who are, so it's, my, I'm assuming that it's yeah. my job, I work for Michelin and mm-hmm. I'm the person that goes to Clarence, Olivia's new restaurant, and I have to eat the food as part of my job. I go to the restaurant, I eat the food, and then I have to give feedback back to Michelin. Yes. There's, that's, is that someone's full-time job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full-time yeah, yeah, so, job! Yes, I know. But, you know, uh, so, you know, it's 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 an easy... I mean, it's, it's a tough job. Huh? Honestly, it's a tough job because mm. uh, I, I uh, in France, you know, I can see those guys... You know, okay, imagine, huh? imagine in a week of time of work, like you do your sport or whatever you do, mm. you have to eat every single day through like a final Ah, yeah. I mean, lunch and dinner. So imagine you just accomplish an eight course with wine pairing and everything. And uh, you start that, uh, you know, this is another thing which I Oh, wow. Yeah, imagine you just do an eight course for lunch and then you have another one to do for dinner and then another one the day after. So I think it's also, it's, it's just like, you know, before taking a plane was like, oh, it's awesome, right? Yeah. But if all of a sudden you have to take twice a day a, a plane, you're like, mm, okay, it's nice, but mm. it's not that nice anymore, you know? <laughs> because you kind of like, wow, I'm bored by the process of this and that. So like everything, honestly, it's a tough job. Okay. It's a tough job because, uh, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes. It's not easy because, you know, uh, they need to have a lot of formation to understand because, you know, as I mentioned just before, before they was focused on French food. Now it's international. Mm. There are some Michelin stars which are Chinese, which are Japanese, Italian, and you need to have knowledge for that, you know. So all those takes um, hours and hours of practice to understand, to exactly, because you know, it's always subjective. What is good for you? What is good for me? I, I guess we have different understanding of what is good. Yeah. Uh, it's both respectful in our, each, in, in our way, but at the end of the day, you know, those guys, what they're facing, they, they make decisions. And, you know, they can change your life, you know, because when they give you a three star, yeah. you know, if I get three star here, you know, this year, next, I mean, next year or the year after or the year after, you know, you have to understand is the hundred, there's only 134, okay, 134 person, which are three mission stars in the world. That's wow. It. That puts you in the elite. Exactly. So that's the thing. So I think the two star is about, uh, it's about 2,000. I, mean, I need to check. I don't exactly know the number. For example, if... One, sorry, I'm going to repeat that. 134 people globally. In the world. That's yes. it. That's it. Exactly. Out of That's 7 it. billion. Yes. Wow, Olivia. Yes. Good luck. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's let's push hard for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Can I ask you then? Yeah. Well, obviously, you can never put the Michelin star rating aside, but yeah. can you give me the principles on what you believe makes a great restaurant or a great culinary chef such yeah. as yourself what are the principles that that 
it's define it's, success it's, for you for you not Michelin you you know it's a recipe it's a you know um, a, a success exactly is a success is a you know the recipe of success uh, for a restaurant it's uh, it's it's just like a recipe and why uh, because you need ingredients good ingredients mm. and I will say that you know uh, when my mo- when I was younger and your mom had her own restaurant. Um, she's a good chef, but she has, she's not a, a top chef. She's a good cook at home. Uh, she can cook very yummy dishes, but not to the mission stars cans, for example. And uh, when I was back younger with her, I can see that I see a lot of people opening a restaurant, which they're tossing a coin, and then they say, okay, hopefully it works. You know? yeah. But for me now, seeing that and, uh, and thinking about it, it's very funny because... Okay, it doesn't work like this, you know. It's like you need expertise, just like in every single other, you know, like uh, work or craft. And for example, the first, I will say, this is how I will do the perfect restaurant. So first of all, you need the concept. What type of, of kitchen you need, you want to. So because practicing, you know, I will have zero legitimacy of doing sushi sashimi, for example. So, you know, if I will cook sushi sashimi for you, you will look at me and say, okay, this guy is not Japanese. He never works in Japan. He doesn't know how to cut a fish how this guy can achieve this. So what I'm talking about the concept is like, okay, I am French, I cook French, I can cook very, I have a lot of different ways to cook French. And the, for, the very simple example is Clarence is casual restaurant, is a casual French restaurant, which is inspired by my 13 years in Hong Kong, where L'Envol is a, is a beautiful fine dining, two mission stars now, where the food is totally opposite. Mm. Two chefs, two, two brands behind the same, but totally different out, uh, outcome, you know. And that's why for me, the first, I would say, for the recipe of success for a restaurant is the concept. That's the first one. The second one is the hardware. So I will say that the hardware, uh, it's connected to the concept. Because if you go to Clarence, you will see that, you know, uh, it's, you need, you know, you need to offer different type of seating. You need to, you need to, uh, offering a beautiful restaurant, a beautiful space. Uh, you know, the height of the, the of the ceiling, it's very important. Mm. To getting daylight, it's very important. The flow of your of your restaurant, it's very important. Uh, the fact to have, for example, at Clarence, you have four different uh, different rooms. The main dining has uh, his pattern. The, the summary room, which is a private room, has totally different patterns. The bar, totally different. And then you go to the lounge, totally different. So basically, it's like a journey you take somewhere. Exactly. If you, if you, if if tomorrow you and me we go eat at the bar, you have one experience. But what? And it's the same menu. But if you go to eat them, the main dining is totally different. And if you get in the private room in the sommelier room, which brings you back in the cave in Burgundy, it's again totally different. Nice. So this, I will say, I, I will put this as a hardware. The third one is, I will say, is definitely is the is the product. You know the the quality of the ingredients you're using. This for me, it's really well connected to sports. And, and health, you know, because there's a, there's a very heavy misunderstanding about organic food, the real organic food, you know, and, and we need to source very good products, just like we were, we was mentioning mm. about those, those producers I worked with for 20 years because I trust them for a long time. They're, they're very consistent in the, the way they're feeding the, 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 the animals or, or the, or the whatever, the, whatever they've put in the soil, they, they do it in the same way for, for 20 years. I mean, that's another very important, uh, fact. So we talk about the concept, we talk about the hardware, we talk about the, 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 the food quality, and the last will be the manpower. So the manpower, it's, uh, you know, you need people with personality, 
you need people who, you know, like give you the confidence to spending money because you will get what you want uh, in terms of wine, in terms of food. And, uh, and I think this is very, very important because you need that your people need to know exactly what you're doing. They need to translate this to the guests and they need to, you know, make the, make, make the, the, the customer feels somehow that, you know, they are traveling by the fact by what they're eating, traveling by the fact by what they're drinking, uh, make them unique, make them feel that they are special. And I think all this is something that, well, that we have to do every single day. And that you do it in the fine dining or that you do it in the, in the casual restaurant. For me, the approach is the same. So I will see those are, those are the four ingredients yeah. in which I will see the key points to make a restaurant successful. So if you want to open now, let's go for it. Let's go join dynamics. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it's such an important point. That, like you're yeah. just saying, the, the point four manpower. Yeah. I, I think of the times that I've been to a restaurant and just say the, the person who was the, the waiter or the waitress and they dictate... The, that the experience and the interactions that you right. have with that person yes. really dictate yep. the meal. Even even I would say would translate yep. across how much I enjoy the food on my plate. Yes, can be influenced by the person that I'm interacting with. Yes, I think for me, you know, I believe a lot in energy. You know, I, yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, energy. I is, love, let's talk about that. Yes. thank you. Sorry, I think that's on. for me. Uh, you know, I believe a lot in energies, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's something which is uh, it's 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 part of our own experience. You know, I can tell you, I, I, we, you know, I, I'm doing this work for so long. I'm a, I'm a, I'm my own chef for now, uh, 13, 15 years. Actually, yeah, almost, yeah, more than 15 years. So, which means that I'm on the field seeing different type of people. So I see, it's not that I see them all. I see presidents, I see ministers, I see lawyers, powerful lawyers, very powerful lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, movie star. You know, I saw Michael Jackson uh, live. You know, he, yeah. I cook for Michael Jackson. I cook for Maria Carey in Martinez. I, I cook for many actors in France. Um, as I cook also for like uh, minister or whatever. And and for me, so in fact, to be in contact, you're reading people, you're, you're learning people, or you learn the pattern of people. And this is where I go to back to energy. And you was just mentioning... If you if your energy with with the waiters or the sommelier that you have doesn't click, unfortunately you can have a full experience because somehow the energy that is passing to you mm. it's it's not the energy that you're receiving, and this is not a fair relationship. You know, for me, I believe the same for my friends. Why are my friends? Because when I'm with them, they make me feel good. I make mm. them feel good, and it's a very fair process, which for me it's it's uh, healthy. Uh, of course, sometimes you have friends where you give a lot and you don't get back a lot. This is fine uh, until you like it and you don't like it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me at uh, the restaurant is the same. You know, I think I think for me, and that's why for me uh, I always try to teach my guys that you know uh, we we're facing so many different people, but we need to make them feel comfortable, all of them, because they all our guests, all our clients, and this is very important. And that's why I'm always someone who likes to adapt to every single table, yeah. even though in the casual restaurant sometimes when it's bigger it's a bit harder. But we should still do it because it's important. Uh, on on that, that yeah. it's sort of like energy is contagious, isn't it? Yeah. There's this energy transfer that happens with friends or, yeah. or in a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I know that you work where you come and see Stephen here. Stephen Kerwin has hands yes. will travel. That was a podcast he yes. did with yeah. him recently. Yeah. And Stephen is a phenomenal therapist, and it's not he he works with his hands predominantly, but there's. Yes. There's something intangible out there, yes. isn't there? And I would yeah. also say, and he would say as well, yeah. he calls himself a spiritual gangster. He's quite yeah. a spiritual yeah. guy, but he's this big, super yes. strong guy. Yeah. Um, leveraging off you working with Stephen and yeah. then coming back to 
talking about how you've been sourcing, for example, your oysters for 25 years from Japan yeah. or your yeah. duck from that, that yes. lady yeah. in France. Do you believe that, that there is also an energy transfer from the food? And this may seem a little ethereal, please yeah, forgive yeah. me. No, but no, it's something no, that I think yes. about. Like if, yeah. if I was to consume an animal, and yeah. I do eat animals, and I'm yeah. happy to do that, and yeah. I will honour the sacrifice, yeah. an animal gave up its life yes. for me to nourish my body. And, yeah. and I don't ignore that. I try to pass yes. that on to my children. Yeah. Um, and then there is... Factory farming, and of course, I t- yeah. totally understand it, why people would buy factory farm meat because yeah. it can be achievable from a from a financial perspective. Right. And yeah. then, but if if what what my wife and I try to do as much as we can yeah. is understand where the meat is coming from, and and not only honour the animal and just say, look, kids, you know, this animal gave up its life to nourish ourselves, so let's. Yeah. Honor that. Do you believe that there is some yeah. type of energy transfer through the food, like the, where you get your food yeah. from? It's, I know it sounds weird, but it's so romantic yeah. and it's and it's so authentic and it makes me happy about the food industry it's to emotional. understand. It's emotional. Yeah. It's emotional. There's a, there's a real yes. connection between yeah. you and that lady that yes. grows those ducks. Yes. Yeah. But you know, for example, you was talking about Sardinia and you was talking about yeah. your Italian, Italian uh, genes, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, you know, uh, I listened to, like I mentioned you, the, the, the podcast from Joe Rogan. And he's a hunter, for example. Yeah. So I'm not hunting personally. I did it once or twice. I know a lot of people has controversy, controversy because they don't yeah. liking people hunting. But for example, when, uh, when I was listening to Rogan, you know, when, when he hunts, you know, a deer, uh, there's like almost like a, a, a um, I would say when the deer is dead, you know, and, and lining there, they're doing a prayer. They're really respecting, you know, like yeah. the, the deer. And I, and I, and I, I totally agree that they are a connection, which an emotional connection by the fact of the respect of having this, uh, you know, this uh, animal, because it's the way that we, we live, you know, we, mm. we need to eat meat, we yes. need to eat uh, vegetables, we need to eat fish, so we need to kill. And this is, uh, that you like, that you want to not, this is how we survive and this mm. is how we live. And, uh, and I think, yes, so I will say that when you kill the beast, there's, uh, there's the respect and almost a bow to show, you know, to, uh, to that. And I think the, on my extent, is the respect of the way you will treat it. Because, and of course, when I say treat it, means or the way I cook it. You know, I, I become very uh, upset with my chefs where I can throw like pans in, in the kitchen or I really like losing my, my temper when someone doesn't respect the product. Let's say you cook a meat and because uh, my chef is careless, he overcooked the meat, which is dead. It's finished. Mm. So uh, it's not, I'm not upset because we lose a certain amount of money or because we have to throw the, 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 the piece because we cannot sell it. What upsets me is that we didn't respect, you know, the, the product behind and, and the producer behind. Yeah. This makes me angry, the most angry possible. And that's, that's where I'm screaming the most. And I agree, you know, 100% with you that, you know, they are emotion, you know, and, you know, for example, some people when, you know, they can have a nice meal, that's their joy, you know, that's their joy. Because uh, having a good meal, having, uh, you know, uh, feelings, uh, having some memories, you know, when you taste something that when you was young, you eat, mm. and then you eat this flavor and you're like, wow, this brings me back to uh, to the days, you know. All this is emotion and, and being emotional with food, which, which uh, connects you to all your sense. And I think, yes, I definitely believe that when you have someone serving you or doesn't pass you the energy or even cooking, if he doesn't put the heart in cooking mm. by, by, by doing the way that he should cook it, I think that's, it's something where then when you go eat, you can say, Oh, I like this restaurant, but there's something which doesn't work for me there. And that's why that's sometimes happen. And it's may even often actually happen, but we just don't realize it and we, we don't link it together. Yeah. And, uh, but I think it is what it is. Yeah. As raw as it sounds, yeah. I, I think it's good for, for 
people that consume meat to understand that an animal has to die. Like I never forget. Right. So I, I grew yeah. up in a yeah. country town in Australia, and yeah. um, when I was sort of in my late teenage years, a lot of my mates got into pig chasing. Yeah. So you would go and you would have two dogs and you'd have a big knife and yeah. you would go and then you would actually you, you would kill an animal. I never forget yeah. the first time I ever went with with my mate. Craig and Paul, I hope you're going well, Craig, out there, crazy pig chasing. But anyway, the, the first dog, the fast dog would, would bail the pig up, then the big dog would come in, and then we would come in, you'd have to grab the pig by the back legs, and then, you know, just at the yeah, base of the neck, you yeah. would sink a knife down in to take that yes. animal's life, and yes. then my mate would cut the rear legs off and give them yeah. to the dogs, and then we'd, you, you know, you'd take the meat. Yeah. Um, and i never forget the first time that I ever was there and I was like, wow, that, that was a stark realisation yeah, yeah, yeah. of the fine the finality of that yes. animal. Um, yes. But but actually, it, yeah. it, it's, and here I am still talking about it yeah. 30 years later, you know, um, but but actually it was, a, it was a beautiful lesson and it made me aware of what is on my plate is significant. Yeah. And, and I get so caught up with my kids when they, when they throw food away and I yeah. see them wasting food, I'm like, whoa, yeah. yes. hang on. And probably sometimes they're saying, yeah. well, Dad, you're going on a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but my, in my mind's eye, I see what's, what's once that was an animal and you're, yeah. you're throwing it away yes. and, and you ate a packet of chips before and now you're disrespecting. Yes. And their mother, who's Italian, gets yes. super upset. And now you're disrespecting yeah, yeah. not only yeah. the food but the, the energy your mother put into preparing that food. Yes. Um, so it's this yeah. amazing energy yeah. exchange that no, goes think, on. You know, there is a big circle and... You know, another one I want to even add is, you know, we always say the apple tastes better on the tree, you know. And I think, for example, I'm sure uh, this pig, when you kill it, when you, and you cook it behind, I'm sure for you it was maybe the best pig. Or uh, it, I think it, it brings you back to a memory. And I think, you know, for me, uh, I, I think all is linked together because, you know, it's a chain. You know, I when I say I get three mission, 23 mission stars in total since, uh, since I'm a chef, you know, I, I, I can't forget and I can just take all for me you know there's a lot of people who works for me mm. there's a lot of people who source for me there's a lot of people who are having those beautiful products so i can tell you that i'm not earning this uh, 20 I, I earn them by my hard work but I, I i can tell you that for me it's not only my 23 mission stars it's all my producer and all my staff who works with me who, who own these three mission stars and and i think for me you know if you don't get the duck if you don't get the beef if you don't get the veal uh, if you don't get the fish wild caught uh, you know you know for example i i i have a memory from my childhood where i go with my grandpa and we go we go for fishing and uh, you know you catch like few fishes in the river and then at night you go cook them and you yeah. eat them just as simple as you can get what better you have, what better memory you have when you're a child you know seeing a f yeah. fish coming out from the water and and i think uh, i agree with you that sometimes our children even my daughter now can waste food and and i think for me what is important is to sometimes bring them back to those grounding you know yeah. you have to be grounded uh, it's sometimes not easy to be grounded in Hong Kong because you don't have access to that. Yeah. You know, in the countryside of Australia, you have it. In my countryside of France, you have it too. I used to live in the forest, you know. I used to love to go in the forest. I saw deers, I saw rabbits, you know, I saw everything. And I think for me, I like to I like to bring my daughter. And, uh, and my wife is just pregnant for a boy, so oh, I will have a boy in, in November. And uh, I can tell you that I want, I want to show him all that. Because, you know, I'm a very sophisticated man on one side. Maybe you don't see it today because I look very casual. But I also like to be very simple on the other side. Mm. And I think for me, you know, materials are nice, of course. You know, I like to have a nice car and you know, I like to have a nice watch. But this is not what we're going to bring 
uh, in our experience of lifetime. And I'm very spiritual on this where, you know, older I get, less I'm interested about material. Even I'm a competitor and I always like to have the best shoes and, yeah. and the best gears or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is not what you're going to remember, you know. You're going to remember your emotion of food that you had, the moment you spent with your kids, uh, you know, the moment which was very key points. And it can sound very like, oh, okay, we hear that many times, but it's so true and yeah. this is it, you know. And I always say to my wife, uh, you know, I say just let's enjoy and let's do the craziest things together. And when we will do done them all, you know, the book will be done and we just uh, cross it, you know. And, and then we'll find the next crazy thing. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I think life is about experience and, uh, and you know, I, I'm still young and my life, I, st- I still have so much to learn, you know, yeah. and I have still so much to evolve and, and uh, with my family and uh, I just feel excited about it. Yeah. Can we go back for a second when you yeah. said how, I'm paraphrasing of course, but yeah. your, your 23 Michelin stars were yeah. a team effort. Yeah. Do you mind diving yeah. into just one of those yes. people that you sourced, the, the duck, the beef, just yes. one relationship that you've had yeah. for a long time yeah. and... And just tell us about that product and that person as well, the individual. Yeah. Do you mind? No, so, yeah, for, so, for example, I'll give you an example which is more recent, but uh, where, where I can see that, you know, this is, you know, my product was, uh, and my, my, my producer are impacting my life every day. Yeah. As an example, I believe that uh, next year I will buy a flat in Fukuoka, Japan, because I have the chance to travel when, without COVID, of course, two to three times there to basically seeing all the products that I want to see. So I will show you on, on picture. It's quite amazing. You know, I had the chance to go try oyster, catching oysters straight in the sea, take them out on the sea, try them. You go to a cave where you go visit the mushrooms. You go to the fish markets where you try a tuna raw at two, two o'clock in the morning where they slice you straight from the water, wow. the tuna. And uh, I meet the mayor there where, you know, we The mayor? You met the mayor of, yes. did you say yes. Fukuoka? Yeah, Fukuoka, yeah, yeah. Japan. And for example, I fall in love with this country because I mean, with Japan, yes, but the countryside of Japan, because the resources are just outstanding for a chef. And, you know, I, I want to have a house there because I want my kids, you know, on the weekend, let's say, it's only two and a half hours from Hong Kong. Yeah. I want to say to my family, hey, let's go on the weekend. Friday night, like we do in Paris, when you go to Normandy, you say, let's go to uh, the backyard, which is Pukoka. We go there. We bring them in the garden next to the sea. We uh, we make them catch some, uh, you know, some uh, some uh, some oyster in the sea, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. And I think for me, you know, this shows you that how much I can be impact, you know. You know, look. So this, those are the lebons, you know, that uh, you have the chance to visit, uh, you know. This okay, is, just let me explain, guys. Yes. You just showed me a photo of these rough and gnarly lemons that were so bright and vibrant. So this, for example, is, uh, you know, so we go to a boat where we catch those uh, scallops, oyster, and basically the, and behind they have uh, barbecues where basically you straight, you cook straight on the barbecue what you catch. Wow. And uh, it's just like uh, they give you some rice. Uh, it's as simple as you can get, but it's so yummy. Uh, and tell a, me about the people that, that yeah. you buy that produce from. Like, yeah, so I, I mean, you know... It, they are, are they as passionate as you about food? Yes, I mean, I think they are more passionate, you know. There was a, you know, I, I remember that uh, we, we drive from Tua, because, you know, when, when we when I go in Fukuoka, it's quite intense. Huh? Mm. And I can tell you, it's like I sleep at uh, 10, 10.30, because we're waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, we go to the fish market. So we, we do we do pretty much three days full of meet, uh, met, uh, meeting people, which are farmers, which are local suppliers, and where they, they show me all those products. So I can tell you a, a, a typical day in Fukuoka when I'm there is that I'm arriving on Sunday night uh, and then Monday morning, two o'clock, fish markets. We go to the fish markets, uh, you know, uh, we spend like two, three hours checking all the species of fish, what they have, what they don't have, what is in season. 
Then we, we take a car, we drive an hour, we go visit the clams, uh, like a farm of clams, uh, because they put, uh, they, they have like a beautiful clams where they take out the, 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 the water of the sea. They put it through like some containers where they try to growing uh, clams without sand. So oh, you, wow. you don't have sands. And when you cook them, the wolf come out. It's just amazing. And then uh, you, you take... That's a, innovative. Huh? Yes. That's innovation. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then you take another one, another another car to drive two hours later. And then you, you're in the middle of hundreds of trees of lemon, wuzu, sudachi, which are different uh, citrus uh, in Japan. And you're just like, wow, it's it's just like mind-blowing. And then you take another car and you drive in and you go to, to in, on the little boat, which brings you in the middle of the sea. And then you're taking out, you know, that those oysters. The guys open you the oyster in the middle of the sea. Try this. Wow. And, uh, and the lease goes on and on, you know. So you had for two days, like, I remember I, uh, so th- there's a company called Jimono, which is basically this guy called Jimono in Japan, he tried to uh, to make the work for all those farmers who are too old and who cannot sell overseas. So he sent her everything for them because I have this old lady who's cooking figs, you know, in the red wine on the pots on the stool. And you see that, you just think you're in the movie, you know. <laughs> so it's a very, very deep <coughs> side of Japan in the countryside. And you have this old lady every morning grab her, her mushrooms, grab off her figs, cook it, <laughs> show you the jams they're doing. It's just like, uh, for me, it's banana. That was, yeah, and uh, and of course, so when you see that, you have such a high respect and you really, it really takes you something. And, and of course, the first thing you want to do as a chef is to using those ingredients <coughs> to put them on the menu and to respect them the most yeah. uh, importantly. And there is where I would say the connection is made or not. Because, for example, you maybe next time you come into my restaurant, you will feel that you will. Uh, I, I will. Uh, I will try to make you understand. You know the sourcing, the the, the story behind, and and of course, uh, this is what I like the most is when I can share with my customer. That gives so much more yes. depth to the meal, doesn't exactly. it? Like, yes. don't get me wrong. I'm sure yes. if I yes. if I didn't know the story, <coughs> yes. I would enjoy the yes. food that you would prepare yes. at, yes. let's say Clarence, a lot. Yes. But then when you give me that depth, and now in my mind, it's. Yes. it's yeah. It's beautiful, yes. isn't it? Like exactly. they, they, I, I had this image of this yes. lady yeah. picking mushrooms, yes. and then the, the, the gentleman with yes. the oysters, and then that, the innovation behind taking seawater to remove the sand. But that's why you know what we was talking about. You know what healthy food and your organic food. Or, you know, I remember one story, which is a story when I was a young chef. So you know, the, the green pea season in France is always a, a very pain in the ass because you know you have to peel the green pea. And when the green pea are peeled, they are small like this, you have to take out the skin of the green pea. Oh, wow. And then inside the green pea, you have two, two pieces, right? So I can tell you, when you have like a box like this of <laughs> green pea, you have pretty much 10 chefs who are sitting on there and just like they're taking out the skin, uh, which takes an hours and hours. And I remember, uh, so we spent the whole afternoon doing that when, you know, when, the, when is the break time. And uh, of course, we, uh, we're doing that close to the parking, you know. And uh, we had customer French who was, who was coming out from the mill and they see us doing the green pea, you know. And then the one lady say, ah, oh, so, ah, oh, is it fresh green pea? I thought it was frozen, you know. So imagine how you want to slap that person and say, what the heck, you know. I've just spent the yeah, last hour. Exactly. And I think for me, you know, but I don't blame people and I, I, I understand. But I think, you know, there's a lot of stories behind. There's a lot of work behind that if sometimes people will try to think about it or just try to understand, I mean, I think they will even have a better experience because they will be connected. But again, I mean, you know, you have to respect all type of clients and 
There are people who come here because they need to eat, so they eat. Yeah. There are some people who want to enjoy experience. And just like you say, you know, I, I'm sure that I can feel that if I will cook for you next time, you will be open to have an experience. But we also have to accept that some people doesn't come for an experience. Yeah. Some of them come for business. Some of them come for some different yeah. reason. And I can see that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I feel very well when I, when I go to a table, I can feel in one second if those people want to have my input or they want to have my story behind uh, or they don't. Yeah. And as soon as I feel that they don't, I, I back up and I let them doing what they want to do because at the end, this is also part of the job. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes the young generation of sommelier or of, uh, of chefs, you can blacklist people, you can put people behind because they don't want to listen to the story like you want to say it. You know, it's a business also, you know, and you have to be uh, sustainable and you have to be also wise enough to accept that if someone comes come to eat in two or three mission stars and they don't care about what's the story behind and they just want to eat, guess what? Please, please be my guest, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, this is what I do, do. If you ask me, do you think this is what I prefer? No, it's not. But not everyone can be like this and you need, you know, like 45 seats to make the restaurant full and you will have a lot of different types of people and, and that's you to see which one wants and which one doesn't want. Now there's there's yes. so much power in story, but we also have to honor the story that the person is bringing with them. Like you Correct. said, maybe they're here. Yes. God forbid that, that guy that's the Michelin, yeah. yes. the, the guy that's the, the rating who's yeah. just eaten eaten, excuse me, yes. yeah. eight courses yes. and now he's turning up again. He's like, oh my goodness. So everyone brings their own story, don't yes. they? As much yeah. as for me, I love yeah. that story, the romanticism yes. of it, and it yeah. gives so much depth to the food. Yes. We have to honour that everybody brings their own story as well. We have to respect that. Yes. I think, you know, it, it, what is what impacts a lot this is where you come from. For example, you come from a countryside, which I believe is rich in terms of resources. Yes. I, same for me. And I think... It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Way, and, right? and that's the thing, you know, for me, what is more beautiful than that? Mm. And also, I think you are more sensitive because of that as well. Because, you know, let's agree that if you're just born in Hong Kong, sometimes, you know, in some area where you never see, like... You know, I, I always bring a story back, which is when I arrived 13 years ago. We we was in the season of the peers, you know, the French peers, William Pierce. Uh, and I remember, so I ordered a case of... Uh, three cases of peers. And uh, there was my commis chef next to me, I, uh, because, you know, of course, you have to check the peers as well, because otherwise I send them back. So, of course, the first thing is control check. You, know, you take the peers in the hand, you touch it. It's the fruit, pear. The fruit, yeah, the yeah. pear, yeah, pear yeah. sorry. Yeah, so my, that's my no, first No, hey, mate, the both yeah. of us working yeah. together, this is great. Yeah, so the pear, you know, so I touch the pear, and uh, I feel like, you know, okay, perfect texture. Like, you, you, you feel it is just soft. The skin is very thin. Of course, what do I do? I eat one, you know. So my commis chef next to me eats another one. But I can tell you this, at the first bite, he was next to me, at the first bite that he'd eat that pear, you know, he looks like he wants to cry, you know. He stopped actually at the first bite because I can see the juice going in his mouth of his, uh, of his bite and he, and he, and he stopped, you know. And I look at him, I say, hey, what's going on, you know. And he said, you know, for me, a pear, it's, it's very crunchy, like a watermelon, has no taste, it's very watery, you know. And I just realized that I never eat a pear as good as this one, <laughs> which on my standard was a good pear, just yeah. in season, and just at the right time, at the right sugar level and everything. But then, you know, this makes me realize of saying, okay, sometimes, you know, and I say that very fairly, French, we have a reputation to be cocky, we have a reputation to be a little bit, you know, like, uh, I would say, yeah, cocky. Yeah. And, and I think I understand the reason why is because 
we are very blessed to be in a country where we have almost everything. We have amazing wine, we have amazing food, we have amazing producer, we are very good in, in, in fashion, in luxury products, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. But there are some countries who has a little bit less resources, you know. Mm. And I think for me, we should respect those countries and we should try to see what they have and try to do the best of it. But of course, sometimes for us, you know, I could have tell this guy, say, hey, you're an idiot, you know, you don't know what's a good pair, you know. I mean, come on, that's that's something so simple. I eat this every day or whatever, you know. Yeah. But I, I understand the story behind where that guy at 35 years old never eats a pair, a pair like this, you know. Yeah. And this makes me realize like, wow, be humble about it and and try to share that with people instead of making fun of them and, and saying, hey, you're an idiot, you're 35 years old, you never eat a, a pear, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the truth is, yeah, of course, if you eat a pear here, you're going to realize, like, oh, shit, this is a totally different animal, you know. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> exactly, yeah. where you been? And that's why I think for me, of course, uh, what I suggest is to be more curious. Okay, be curious. I want to I want to try the pig that you have in your country and in your hometown to see, I want to see how I can cook it, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, of course, that's the beauty of, of food, is that the, the the list is is never finished the the researching is never finished you know the um, the awakening is never finished and uh, and I think until I, I passed away one day I want to to be like this I want to to have the passion and the fire of of uh, trying you know a little ingredients that you know old lady or young lady or doesn't matter has yeah. and I think uh, yeah that's something which is very yeah I'm very happy about it because. I'm doing the, my work for, and my craft for so many years, but I never feel bored. It passed so fast, and I have so much more to give. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, yeah, it's it's nice. So the the last thing I'd like to touch on with you. Yes. Apart from your obvious passion for yeah. food and and the restaurant business yeah. and and your competitive as well, which is yeah. why you've achieved so much yeah. success, accumulating yeah. twenty three Michelin stars. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about your career sustainably. Yes. How do you? How do you recharge your batteries? I know that you're seeing Stephen yes. on his massage table on yes. Friday, which is a yep. great way to recover and yep. switch off and make your body feel great. Yeah. Uh, how else do you switch off so you can turn up and bring great energy day after day? I, I yep. please I understand it's your yeah, passion. Yeah. I can yes. see it in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but but also when you come to looking after yourself. Yes. How, what what are some of the things that, that so, you embed into your so, life? So when I was young, I was a very sporty guy. So in France, we play a lot of football, uh, you know, basketball, hand, uh, handball. So I was uh, I was very sporty from age of four to age of uh, 16, 17. And why 16, 17 is because I start to work 15, 16, 17 yeah. hours at 14 years old. And I remember, you know, when I was using, I was playing in club uh, on in a small village, you know, in my hometown. And I remember, so you need to train on Monday and on Thursday. And if you miss one training, you cannot make the match on Saturday and Sunday, you know. So, of course, when I start to work, uh, I, had to, I, I miss some training, right? So, for me, it was very painful because I love playing match. I love to, uh, you know, like a strike and everything. And then I start to see that because of my work, I could not do my sport anymore. So, I always say something funny because, you know, so I was very skinny when I start my, uh, my, my work because I was working so much. And more you get high in hierarchy, more you have, uh, I will say, less pressure. You eat more. And, uh, and you know, uh, and I will say that I go to a point where I start to get a bit fat, you know. Mm. When I was about, yeah, I will say, to, to, from 27 to, uh, to 32, I was becoming like, I had like 25, 30% body fat maybe. Mm. I, was, I, I grew up to 105 kg, 100, uh, 110. And then I start to realize like, wow, something getting wrong, you know, because... Uh, I was still working very hard, but of course, you know, as a chef, you try too many food. And, and I, and I have, um, uh, I would say that I wake up at, yeah, at 33, 34, where I start to realize like, okay, 
it, it's not sustainable to eat and to try whatever food you want and on top of that of relaxing and then i start to work out so i start with some weights uh, i start to do some weight high uh, i start to running and now uh, you know uh, I, I realized that sport actually become parts of my uh, of my balance awesome and uh, you know i did uh, i did legs day today at uh, 7 a.m <laughs> with my coach uh, tomorrow i'm doing muay thai and uh, and some training too and uh, and i think for me you know i i'm not a champion i'm uh, at least not in uh, in sport but i think for me sport brings you always the balance you know for me i mean you know you can have a hard time in your life. Uh, you can have hard time at work. And for example, for me, my blueprint is going back to sport. And every time sport brings me the joy and the balance that I need to go back on track to uh, to, to perform again. And uh, of course, Stephen is very important in terms of recovery yeah. because I think you know when you're younger, uh, because I'm a, I'm a ADHD kid, so I have a lot of energy and uh, I have tends to go like a meathead for a lot of crazy <laughs> training, which is sometimes unnecessary because you yeah. need to also learn how to to, to train yourself. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, you know, sport is a you know when I don't do sport, I feel dirty. You know? I really feel dirty. I yeah. feel like. You know, I like to drink, for example. So now I, I'm doing a dry month because I'm the champion. I'm the champion of the world of doing dry month. <laughs> My friends hate me for that, but it's just because in this industry, you know, if you don't realize, if you don't stop to drink, you, then you realize like, well, shit, I drink every single day this week. Yeah. And uh, and and then of course you see it f- physically, right? So now on, on now I'm on the fat side because I just opened Clarence. So I was 95 kg in December last year, and f- just to give you an idea, what chef life looked like. So I'm training pretty much two, one to twice a day. So I, I had a, so I did very well in December. I mean, before December, where I reached 95 kg, and I get I go up to 108 to 10 kg in February 15, wow. two months later. So why that is because okay, first I had to cut my training, so no more training at all, and of course building the restaurant, building the mm. team, having some tasting. So those are, I mean, I will say tough time for me because. Of course, it's enjoying time because it's good food, good drinks, uh, hard work. But of course, then you have to stop and to go back to your routine and yeah. then killing those kg, you know. So now I'm more on the, on the, I will say on the heavy side. I'm, I'm 104 now, 104, 103. But I think for me, uh, yeah, sport is my blueprint. And, and I think for me, catching on with this, it's, uh, it's, uh, makes me happy. And I think also whatever, you know, whatever sport you do, you know, running is the worst. I hate to run, but that's why I'm running. Yeah. Because for me, it's so tough, you know, because it's a, it's a mental game uh, that you have to fight with yourself where you can lie, you know, because the time doesn't lie. You know, if, you know, I, I was running in December about 45 minutes for what, 10k. And, uh, and two months later with uh, 10 kg on, on top, I was doing an hour, you know, so it's 15 minutes more, you know, yeah. it's a lot, you know, yeah. it's a lot. But this is the reality. Why? Because you drink, you eat, you gain weight. Yeah. And I think for me, um, to going back to your question, I think sport for me and, and, and for my daughter and for my wife, it's uh, I really like the fact that we are very sporty. You know, my wife loves to go every morning with me at sports. She do her own things, even if it's a bit of weight, uh, but she do it. And I think for me, that's that's uh, it's, a, it's a key point in my life because if I will not have sport, I don't think I can make it. Amazing. Because I think it puts me straight back. I'm more sharp when I finish my session. Uh, my body feels a bit like uh, you know uh, beat up, but beat up in a good way. Yeah. You're tired, but you 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 know you're ready to go. And uh, and I think of course Stephen is very important to put you back. Yeah. Because you know I, I can tell you when I go out from his session, 
I feel quite drained actually. I feel quite drained, but in a good way. Yeah. Uh, because I know the day after that, I will like skyrocketing again, you know. It's quite painful for me because, you know, I'm a big, big dude, you know, so he, he's very strong. Luckily, so. he's a big guy. Yeah, right? he's, he's a big guy and we, well, I yeah. need it. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an hour of pain or two hours of pain. Uh, but necessary pain to put you back because you know he know exactly where you're stiff. Uh, mm. I'm Mr. Stiff too because I never stretch, so yeah. so it doesn't help. But uh, I have to say that, and also you know when you saw you know when you see mixed martial arts like Georges Pierre for example. Yeah. What I like with those guys that, you know, they are so smart in the way they you know they're they're presenting themselves, the way they're training, and I think this should be something which with good food should be very not you know I think good food. And having a healthy work workout doesn't matter what you want to do yeah. should be something that we teach to our, our children. Amen, because, brother. Yes, I'm exactly. Fine. Because that's for me. The, this is what's gonna change everything. Mm. Because for me, you know, to see to see the struggle for a child when you know when my daughter struggles and she has like red cheeks like this, and I can see that she has to dig. I mean, what what's what she need to learn that you know she need to face adversity. She need to face you know hard time. Of course, when you see those guys in mixed martial arts, they're facing like big times because you know when you get concussed, you know when you get. I mean, for me, this is a this is another level of like pressure, you know, because yeah. you know when you're going in this cage and you have those two savage who fighting each other, and that you know that one can get concussed and like you know, lights off, you know. Yeah. I have so much respect for those guys because for what they're doing, you know. But I think for me, this is a beautiful high level where you see, you know, the, the hygiene, the, the way that they work, the way that they think, the way that they prepare themselves. And of course, I understand not everyone can do that every day, no. you or me. But I think to, some, to a certain extent, we can, we can take some from that, you know. And I think the fact to, to eating and sourcing your product well, to the fact to training well and to try to be smart, I like to touch a bit of everything. You know, there's a lot of, for example, now I have this idea to swimming, you know. I think swimming is, uh, when you get older, it's very good. Mm. So I believe that I will start to swim soon. For example, I used to hate yoga. I think yoga is the most underrated sport that we should do, especially for like a stiff guy like me. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, more getting old every time I try to do something what I used to hate or what I, what I used to say I would never do and and I think for example you know uh, when you're getting older you have you know some back pain or some issues and I think yoga can fix that uh, if you if you work pretty well with a, with a good student I mean with a good uh, teacher and you and you being a good student and uh, and the list goes on and on you know? I think that that comes yeah. back you, you said yeah. curious in the nature with yes. sourcing products curious yes. with your with your work with yes. your profession and also yes. curious with your own self yes to do things that yeah. don't feel comfortable at first that, yes. that, that's mate, that's the recipe for success to yes. keep you young exactly when you look at all this science now yes. and longevity adversity yes. is at the key yes. of living longer yes um, and i think the chance you know i mean today's a good example you know you have so much knowledge now on the podcast. You know, That's I mentioned Joe Rogan, but there's so many. Pod- you know, for example, right now on YouTube, you type whatever you want. Uh, you know, back pain, whatever. You, you have like so many videos online where you have so many knowledge and so many uh, like technician and high skills people who can exactly tell you what's going on. And and I think for me, it, after you just have the curiosity to know, okay, what which path I want to use, where I want to go. And I think for me, to be honest, I want to keep this momentum of sports, doing one two hours a day of sports. Of course, what I want to do is to make it wiser, to make sure that, you know, it fits with my body, it fits with my balance, yeah. it doesn't bruise me up or it doesn't make me like uh, not going at work because uh, it, it doesn't work. So I think all those decisions are very important. But I think for our children, in terms of food or in terms of sports, it's a very strong chemistry which is linked together that, you know, if they understand the, the knowledge of these two or at least how it works, I think it's a, it's a good way to, uh, to make them progress, you know. Sounds like, mate, you're on yes. your way to your first yeah. 
three Michelin stars, which means that globally there will yeah. be 135 Correct. people yes. that have three Michelin yeah. stars. In the world, yes. So, hey, uh, thank, thank you. you for sharing thank you. your energy yeah. and your passion with thank me, you. Thank Olivier. Well uh, so just, if I was in Hong Kong and I wanted to come and see your restaurant, Clarence, where would I find that? So this is an H code on the 35th uh, floor, uh, which is oh, just next to it. Exactly. You just walk up the stairs. It's, uh, it's a new building, a uh, beautiful one. We have a nice view on Tycoon. And actually, this is, uh, this is the story, of, uh, the restaurant story is that is my understanding of 13 years to be in Hong Kong where I cook French, but with some Asian method cooking. So I'm using actually the, the steam from the Chinese, I'm using the charcoal from Japanese, and the teppanyaki, which is a, is a cooking process from Japan. And basically, but I don't do fusion, I cook French food there with French ingredients. Yeah. And the whole idea was to try to bring, uh, I would say, French food to another extent, where I want to enlighten a bit French food. Yeah. Because, you know, for Asians, sometimes French food is a bit too creamy, too rich, uh, too heavy, and by using charcoal, steam, and uh, tepanyaki, you, you can remove all those fats and uh, and those uh, creamy way, and, uh, and this is what we do over there. Sign me up. Yes, mate. exactly. And, I can't wait to cook for you. Yes. <laughs> and if you out there are indeed as fascinated by this conversation as I have been, please look out for Olivier, his restaurant Clarence, or L'Envol, which is in yes. St. Regis yep. Hotel here in Hong Kong in Wan Chai. You can go and sample yes. Yes. some of Olivier's passion exactly. through his food uh, yes. as I have through this conversation. Yeah. So thanks a lot, mate. Take care, um, Lou. I really Thank appreciate you very much. Yeah. Amazing. Thank yeah, you That much. was great. It's Thank like you. a fireside chat. And, and yes. you know what happens? Yeah. Usually people go to Joe Rogan before yes. they'll come and speak to Andrew Cox yes. in the Joint Dynamics podcast. Yes. Yeah. But this time you're, yes. you've had the, the yes. joy of speaking to me first and yes. Joe Rogan's probably going to call. Exactly. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Olivier. And I'm thank sure. you for hanging out with Olivier and I. I'll be back again in two weeks with another fascinating conversation with someone else who was also hopefully as passionate as Olivier. See you, Olivier. See you. Thank you, Andrew. See you, guys.